Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,398. Make nice things with people you love. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. What's the worst thing for your car's interior? No, it's not that milkshake the kids spilled in the back seat. It's the sun. Harmful UV rays cook your automobile's interior hour after hour when it's parked outside, even on a cloudy day. What's the solution? Covercraft sunscreens. They protect your dash, seats, and interior finishes from those damaging UV rays while keeping the interior temperature tolerable even on the hottest summer days. No more painfully sizzling seats and steering wheels for you. They unfold quickly and easily install, stay where you put them, and are custom pattern for an exact fit. The foam core acts as a cooling insulator, and you can get yours in different colors and finishes. And they even fold up easily and store under your seat or on the floor. I've used Covercraft sunscreens for years and they are a fast and easy solution that protect my beloved cars when they're not in the garage. Learn more and order yours at Covercraft.com. Want to protect your entire vehicle? Get a car cover from Covercraft. They have those too. That's Covercraft.com. And tell them Mark sent you. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest calling in from Los Angeles, California, Martin Pay Ludvigsen. Hey, Martin, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am. Cool. Martin Pay Ludvigsen is the Director of Creative Technology at Mullen Lowe, a Los Angeles advertising agency where he works primarily on their Acura account. During his tenure, Martin has directed a series of increasingly innovative, award-winning, technology-driven experiences for Acura. One example was What a Race, the launch of the 2018 Acura TLX, where a custom augmented reality helmet this is very cool, was created and reached more than 3 million people in their race. He created unique and innovative campaigns for Acura's RDX, their ILX, and others that stretched well beyond the norm. He's a graduate of the University of Copenhagen in Denmark. Martin has used his degree in computer science, digital communications, and theater to apply his curiosity and perspective on global brands, including Coca-Cola, GE, Google Play, Etihad Airways, H&M, Volvo, McDonald's, Nike, Toyota, Acura, and many others. I had the pleasure of meeting Martin during the Pebble Beach Car Week when I was invited to the Acura Type S concept reveal, which was very, very cool. So Martin, good to see you again. I've told our listeners a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little bit more about your career and this unique passion you have for automobiles? Absolutely. And it's uh, great to see you again, Mark. So as, as you mentioned, uh, I graduated from the University of Copenhagen. That's a long time ago. Uh, that was uh, in 2005. Uh-huh. Um, and right after that, I, I started my uh, my career in advertising in, in Copenhagen. Uh, some of your listeners might have noticed that I have a degree in computer science and theater, uh, yes. which is obviously a very unusual combination in, in, in terms of education. But that is sort of where my interests have been all along. They have been in technology and the arts. 
And that turned out to be a very unique niche that very few people actually had. And that uh, led me to has led me to a great career in advertising code so far. I worked in Copenhagen from 2005 to 2010. I was fortunate to work on uh, a couple of global brands already back then. The first brand I worked on, uh, the first automotive brand I worked on was Volvo, where we did a couple of, of really exciting campaigns. But but sort of the most important work I did back then was for Nike, for some of their sports brands. And some of the work I did back then uh, led me to win some uh, awards, some recognition. There's a thing you need to know about advertising is that we're we really like to recognize ourselves. So there are a lot of <laughs> oh, awards yeah. out there for us to win. Yes. But they did open the door for me to to sort of look outside of Copenhagen basically look overseas. So in uh, 2010, uh, I was headhunted by a production company in Los Angeles to come uh, lead their interactive department. And uh, I had a quick chat with my wife about it. Are we ready to to make the big jump? And then we left all our worldly belongings behind and moved to Los Angeles in 2010. And we've been here ever since. You know, I really am excited to have you on the show because I worked in advertising for 11 years before I joined uh, what was then a startup company called Griot's Garage, and I was tasked with building that brand, the merchandising line, a writing copy, catalog. This was before computers and even cell phones. That shows you how old I am. <laughs> but uh, I, I was very excited to bring Martin to the audience here because it's a way to help the Cars Yeah listeners understand there's a way to combine a lot of different unique skills and talents and education into your career that evolves around your passion for cars. And it was obvious to me talking with Martin at that Type S launch, which is a really cool party. I'm very appreciative I was invited to that and get to see that beautiful car. I mean, seeing new innovative concept cars is pretty neat, and that car was stunning. So I'm excited to bring you to the audience here, Martin. But let's start with a concept or a success quote, I should say, or a mantra is a better way to say it. It's some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Martin, grab the wheel. So, this is one that I stole from the first production company I worked at here in Los Angeles. The, it's a Swedish production company called Acne Production. And their mantra was, make nice things with people you love. And that very much is an inspiration for, for what it is I do. Advertising is an interesting industry. A lot of people come into advertising thinking that they will be paid a lot of money to make art. And that's a misunderstanding because we make things that may look like art, but it is definitely not art because it serves a purpose. It serves a purpose to get a brand recognized or to get people to buy products. But it is art-like because we take a lot of inspiration from art in the things that we make, the stories that we tell, whether it's stories on television, on the billboard you see along the freeway, uh, or on the computer in front of you, or some of the technology things that I've made. And advertising really was an opportunity for me to come in and be part of building great things, making great things, telling great stories, and to tell those great stories with a bunch of really cool, really talented people. And I've been fortunate enough throughout my career to work with people who are so talented in all sorts of areas. And it's it's definitely, advertising is always a, a really big team job. It's never, it's never one man's job. It's never just the job of the creative director. It always takes a team effort. You just do better work if you do it with people you really like being around. So 
I have this thing that I refer to my um, to my coworkers as my work friends, and some of them tend to take it as an insult, but I actually mean it. It's because you are my friends, and I happen to work with you, and because I work with people that I really like, I feel like I get to make better work because of that. So that's my mantra: make great things, make nice things with people you love. I love that. Obviously, that's a lot of what I do here at Cars. Yeah, is uh, create inspiration for others by talking to inspiring people like yourself. But I think that's great, and it's true. Having worked in advertising for the first eleven years of my life after school, and then really being involved in persuasive advertising, if you will, creating products and getting people to buy them in the future is so true. And I always found when I got to surround myself with people I really admired and people that were a lot more talented and smarter than me, my days were so much more enjoyable than the other way around. And obviously, there at your company, you guys deal with major brands, so you surround yourself with some smart and very talented people. So I like the way you you put that all together. Very nicely done. Let's talk about a story that instigated your personal passion for cars. You've worked on a lot of major brands, but some of them have been cars, that first one being Volvo, which is cool, uh, but now with Acura primarily. So is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a car guy? So I would I would zero in on two different moments. Uh, as I've already mentioned, I'm from Denmark, and Denmark has a very, very different car culture uh, than, than the United States. And I can give a couple of examples of, of what that actually means. The first is that I wasn't licensed until I was 25 years old. I lived in Copenhagen at the time. Copenhagen back then had a, an amazing infrastructure for public transportation and bikes, but not for cars. So you didn't really need a car. Getting around in a car was expensive. Parking was impossible. And let me add to that that we have back then, I think it's a little uh, less now, but we had a 180% tax on cars. And then Ooh. on top of that, a 25% sales tax. So you can Ouch. basically take, take yeah. your average price of a car here in the United States and then triple it. And then you know how much it costs to buy a car in Denmark. Oh, my gosh. Well, you must have had a little bit of culture shock moving to the mecca of cardom, which is Los Angeles. Oh, my God. You will not believe it. I've got to ask you, I mean, coming from that environment into Los Angeles, which is the holy grail of cars and car culture and getting around in cars, although sometimes it's a little slow there in L.A. because I'm familiar yeah. with the traffic situation yep, there. Yep. But what was the, the first thing that hit you? Like when you and your family came here and you looked around the freeways, the roadways, and what went through your head? I mean, the combination of jet lag after a really long flight and the heat when I first landed on that July afternoon in, in 2010 was and driving out of LAX, which continues to be just disastrous. A challenge, <laughs> yes. I know. They've never fixed the roads around there. No, have they? they haven't. So no. I got in the back of a, of a Lincoln Town Car. Uh, the production company had arranged for me to get picked up there. And that car was basically the size of the public transportation buses in Denmark is the feeling that I got. So it was like I showed up and like, oh, I had I had three suitcases with me because, you know, I was basically moving to another country. I was like, oh, I know I'm getting picked up. But if this, if this is the size of a normal taxi in Denmark, they'll never. Oh, OK, that's not going to be a problem. No, nope. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> all, of, all of my bags, my entire family would. I mean, actually, I arrived by myself. My family joined me later. But but. But that was not a problem. And then getting on to the to the 405 and just seeing. And this was my first time in the United States. Oh, my I gosh. Had never, I had never traveled to this country before I before I decided to wow. move here. So seeing the size of, of, of the freeways was a big culture shock for me. And then at the same time, 
everything also looked so weirdly familiar because I knew everything from popular culture, from playing Grand Theft Auto, that kind oh, yeah. of I've like, been on I've this been, road before. I've been on this road before <laughs> in, uh, just in a computer game. So everything was, was, was weirdly familiar. But, but I will say that the size of the car the cars over here is something that continues to amaze me. And and in fact, we went overseas this summer. We go back every summer to visit the family. I have a daughter who was born here in the States. She's, she's seven years old now. And my wife's car is a Volkswagen Tiguan. So, you know, a midsize SUV uh, is, is, I guess we would call it over here. Um, so then we were, we were in Denmark. We were driving out from the airport. And in front of us was a Volkswagen Polo, which is a model we don't have here in the States, but it's, it's one size under the golf and my my daughter pointed out the window and said oh how cute it's like a baby volkswagen <laughs> a baby volkswagen yeah yeah <laughs> and and i told her well you know that's the first car your dad had when he lived in copenhagen that that was a decent car there are families in denmark who will have families with two kids and a dog who will that's fit their into that car, car. It's not, yeah that's their car yeah yeah it, you know it is i i've heard this from many guests who've moved here and especially and i think over time i know i know over time if you just look at the size of cars take a porsche 911 i'm a porsche guy you yep. look at a porsche from the early 70s and how big they've gotten just the 911 is a big car compared to what it was especially when you park it say i have an 87 porsche uh, turbo and you park a new porsche next to mine and my car looks weird almost it looks yeah. tiny so mm-hmm. Everything's gotten bigger. Uh, I've gotten a little bigger too over time. I think uh, <laughs> maybe eating a little too much, but uh, well, it's an interesting perspective from somebody new. And boy, you really jumped into it with full, both feet, uh, full heartedly, because coming from where you did right into Los Angeles and getting in a Lincoln Town car, driving on the four hundred five. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Incredible. At least I, I didn't have to drive the car. There was there was a driver, and I was like, I, whew, I wonder if I'll. Yeah, I'll, I'm sure I'll I'll be able to drive over here. Yeah, at, yeah. At you some fi- point, you but, figure but it out eventually. You, you figure just it out eventually. you just put your foot to the floor. That's what you do. I'm always shocked when I come down to Southern California how fast everybody's going compared to where I live. You can't really speed where I live because they they control the speed limits very tightly. But California, it's like anything goes. I think it's probably because we're, we we tend to be stuck in traffic 80% of the time. So when the road finally opens up, it's like, yeah. ooh, anything yeah. goes. <laughs> you got to make up for lost time. Well, yeah. let's talk about the many roads you traveled and talk about a big challenge or even a big failure you faced along the way. I like this question, not so much that it's drumming up some pain, but more, what did it teach you and how did you move forward out of that particular situation? I've I've been thinking about about this uh for a while uh since since you you did present me with with some of what we're going to talk about here and i will say that i've already talked about my biggest challenge because the biggest challenge of my life was obviously moving to another country yeah among sort of like the 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 big things you can do in your life that's something major it it was an interesting journey because as i said I, i started working in advertising in 2005 and i very quickly became very successful because i had sort of carved out a niche where my particular talent was turned out to be something that that was really useful so i was offered an opportunity to come work in the states a couple of years before i actually did I think that was around 2008 to come work for a startup uh, advertising agency in New York. And I really thought long and hard about that. A lot of rational thinking and a lot of emotional thinking that went into that. Um, And one of the big things on my mind was that my father, um, who's passed away today, he was a big uh, admirer of the United States. He had traveled to the country many times, both for business and, and, and for pleasure. He had told me that he had always wanted to 
to live in the United States. But the way his career panned out, the way he his family, when he the time of his life when he had his five kids, just didn't work out and gave him sort of the opportunity to move over here. This was later in his life, so obviously that would not it, it would not happen at that point. And that was a bit of a regret for him. He still felt like he had a good life. He did have five kids uh, after all, but he felt like he missed out on something. When I was presented with that opportunity, there was a lot of risk with it because this was a startup. And at the same time, things were going really, really well for me in my job. I had progressed through the ranks and I was managing a lot of people, even though I had only worked in, in the industry for a couple of years. So I ended up turning it down in 2008. In retrospect, that turned out to be a wise decision because the startup actually did not work out well and 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 went went under within a year and a half. Mm. So it turned out to be the 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 right, the right choice. Yeah, <laughs> but but there was always this nagging feeling that even though it went under. I would have been in the States and would have had the opportunity to start working there. So what actually happened in 2010 was that my father passed away uh, in the beginning of the year. Um, he was he was sick for a while, so it wasn't a surprise. There were some things in my in my job where I felt like I was I was headed in a direction where I was becoming a manager of uh, a lot yes. of people. Yep. So everything turned into managing day-to-day work and not doing the creative work that I really felt like I wanted to do. And there is a there is a thing about working in Denmark. We it, Denmark's a great country. Uh, my starting salary was really high. The standard of living is great. But you get to a certain level where the only way you can sort of progress is by starting to manage more and more people. And I didn't want to do that. I was I was only in my late 20s back then. I still wanted to make great things. And I felt like if if I really wanted to make great things, I had to go overseas. Suddenly, I was presented with the opportunity to come work uh, in the United States for the Swedish company. And my wife had actually just finished a contract in her own line of business. She is a psychologist, by the way. And we were just, the stars just aligned. We had a conversation about it. I flew to Stockholm to meet with the company. The interview with them went really well. And I specifically remember uh, I was driving in a taxi from uh, from their their office in old Stockholm to the airport in a and I called my wife on the phone and I said this this interview went really well and and she said well my my contract is over but do you want to I don't know what should we do and I said oh there's a tunnel up ahead I'm going to lose signal right now okay um let's do it she said okay and then the signal went out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so I got the okay from her yeah, and I heard okay. <laughs> I heard okay, and then yeah. then we then we started doing it. Then it actually turns out that um, the immigration lawyer for the Swedish company thought I was Swedish and I'm oh. Danish. <laughs> and the reason that is uh, uh, an interesting fact is that if I was Swedish, I could get a specific visa to work in the United States because I was working for a Swedish company. Mm. So when I sent her my passport and she opened it and it said, "But you're a Danish citizen." Suddenly things became really, really challenging more because difficult. I basically yeah. more difficult. I had to apply for a special visa that when you sort of read it, read the description, it is giving to um Olympic medal winners and Nobel Prize winners. Oh my gosh. What is wow. this? What is yeah. this? That was yeah. that was the official description. But he said, calm down, calm down. You know, all those awards that you give yourself in advertising for the work that you do, um, that you have a long list of. And immigration law is not necessarily going to know that that is not the same as winning a Nobel Prize. All they will see is that you have a long list of awards and some of them say gold on it and some of them say best in show. We can craft a nice story to make you 
to put you on the same level as the Olympic medal winners and the, well, there and you the go. Nobel Prize winners. Yeah. So even though it, it even though it took a long time and there was a lot of like waiting uh, by the mailbox uh, for for official looking letters and and there was a very challenging interview at the uh, U.S. Embassy in Copenhagen. Yeah. Um, after about four months. I finally got my passport with the visa back and they booked the plane ticket for me to leave the next day. And here I am today. Oh, here you are. Well, well, and, and plus that, that other startup, 2008, that was a very tough year to be in a startup business yes, because it was. things it was. were in the toilet here. I mean, around the world, but here it was just really tough. So it all worked out for the best. Well, let's talk a little bit about your first really special car, that first car that you had in your life that had meaning for you. Yeah, so the the very first car I bought when I came to the States is not the car I want to talk about, but I wanted to get a big American car. We had a, a kid, she was she was a, an infant at the time. So I went out and got myself a Ford Edge. Ford Edge. <laughs> okay. Because I there was something about the design of that car. It just looked so stupid and big and it had the <laughs> 285 horsepower engine. I got the V6, of course, even though back then they already had the the I think they called the Eco Light engine. But I yeah. just wanted a really stupid big car because the thing about the gas prices, even though in Los Angeles, whenever I travel um, elsewhere in the United States, we have the most expensive gas, I guess. Yeah, maybe New yeah. high taxes. Yep. <laughs> but it's still less than half of what we pay in Denmark. So so getting a car with ridiculous mileage was ah, whatever. It's fine, and and I got a good deal on it. It wasn't. It turned out to not be that special. Uh, mm. But we we stuck out the lease. Um, it worked out well. Ford actually treated us really well. We got a we got a good deal with them. Uh, never had any issues. But about the time when that lease was up, I had started to you know make a decent uh, salary over here, and I could sort of see the way the automotive industry was going. So I made a decision back then that I wanted to own a good old fashioned V8 before it was too late. Okay. But um, I didn't want an American car again uh, because I felt like with the Ford, I had, okay, I've, I've, I've tried that. And I wanted something special. So so what I did, I think this was in 2014 or something like that. I went out and got myself a 2012 Jaguar XF. Oh, uh, okay. Which was the last year where they made the XF with uh, with with the V8 engine. Uh, so so after that, they, they went, I think the 2013, they went down to some v, v, uh, four-cylinder turbo. I, I think that car, you know, they sold like five of those. The 2012 yeah. was the last year where they had that really, really, really great engine in it. That was just a really special car because, as I said, I come from a from a country where cars cost three times as much as, as, as they do here. So when you saw someone with a Jaguar in Copenhagen, that was that was a special thing. So so this felt like I now own a special car. And it was definitely, you know, when I took the first photos and shared them on social media, the people back home in Copenhagen, they were hella impressed. The with Martins that. hit the lottery. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> we're coming to visit. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. So and there was, you know, another fun thing about Denmark is that um, our, our taxis over there are Mercedes. Um, E-class, all taxis, pretty much. Uh-huh. So, so, so a lot of people are used to Mercedes, and and it's it, it's almost a problem in Denmark that oh, Mercedes, it's the taxis. So even though it's their yeah. incredibly nice car, no yeah. one really wants to get a Mercedes because you know even I've I've rented Mer- a Mercedes in Denmark from time to time uh, when I come back, and people will hail me on the street thinking that I'm a taxi. <laughs> You're a taxi, yeah. So that is not a special car. Uh, BMW and Audi are sort of special, but they're also really big. But Jaguars, they stand out, and I still think that to this day they have that. Special special thing about them they have this really unique design language yeah. um that 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 just makes them stand out and you don't see that many of them 
I think uh, I still to this day think that the F Type is one of the most beautiful cars uh, that you yeah. can buy, new cars that you can buy today. And yeah. I think some of the some of their modern design language was in that car back then. So it was it felt great. It was crazy fast compared to anything I've I've I'd ever had before. It was it was still a bit of a kind of heavy. I mean, they're four thousand some pounds. Yeah. So, yeah. but but those things have like a five liter V eight in them. Yes. I mean, five, five liter up to five hundred horsepower. So yeah. Yeah, monster car. How about a car you've let go? Is there a seller's remorse story in your life? Well, that's, that's well. Let's talk about the same car again then. Same car, yeah. <laughs> because everything they everything. I mean, I wouldn't say I had seller's remorse, but everything they said about don't get a Jaguar. They're crazy expensive to maintain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll all work out. I got a certified pre-owned, so it has some warranty on it. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that warranty expires at some point. And then I I had I don't know how many. repairs for just all sorts of weird stuff with that car. And even though I actually did get a really good deal on it in the first place, I do not want to add up the numbers and find out how much I paid over the years. So when we got like the last something with the suspension where the, oh, there's a little rattling sound. I better get that checked. Yeah, that's going to be $2,800. Oh, oh, yeah. And then I said, oh, God, is it safe to drive? Yeah, but you got to get it fixed within the next couple of months. Okay, I drove straight to the dealer and yes. <laughs> then yeah, something different. Got a more practical car. This was my wife's car. Um, yeah, uh, it, it it was uh, it was our car at the time, but but I, I eventually got got myself a BMW convertible. So that's yeah, my car today. <laughs> very nice, perfect for Southern California. Well, I would love for you to talk more about what you guys are doing there at Mullen Low. What has you excited and fired up and also about the maybe the uniqueness of the way brands these days are presenting new products because it's changed dramatically even over the last 5-6 years the way brands are are presenting things. We talked a little bit in our pre-show chat about uh, yesterday. Now we record these shows in advance, but yesterday Porsche launched their new Taycan. Yeah, uh you'll, they're going to take some money from you because it's a very expensive all new electric car. But the way they did it was very unique. Uh, three places around the world. Mark Weber, XF1 driver, was the commentator. I thought it was really unique. But tell me about what has you excited and fired up about your business these days at Mullen Low. Absolutely. So as, as you show, you've already mentioned, uh, I work with Acura. That's the primary thing I work on with Mullen Low. In fact, the Los Angeles office of Mullen Low was opened when we won the Acura business, which is, oh, I should have probably checked that, but it's five or six years ago. Um, so, so the office was basically, uh, we were, we, our agency is based out of Boston. We pitched the business. We want it under the condition that we opened up an office to to service them. They are they are based themselves uh, in Torrance, uh, south of Los Angeles. So we opened up uh, an office in El Segundo, which is only like a twenty minute drive from them. It's always even in this internet connected day uh, and age, meeting face to face is just crucial when we do what we do. That's that's when you uh, feel empowered to make the important decisions, and that's when we present our work face to face is always going to be better. So it made perfect sense. Accurate has is is definitely a, a, an interesting brand to work with. At the time, I was working for a different advertising agency. I didn't get to do much uh, automotive work over there, unfortunately. I did work on pitching the Lamborghini Urus launch. We, uh, as far as I know, we actually won that, but then it turned out that they couldn't afford the campaign we wanted with. So, so, oh, <laughs> so that yeah, that was unfortunate. That's frustrating. Yeah. So that was just one of those things. But then this this other agency, Marlon Lowe, approached me. He said, "We want." to work with someone like you because of the unique set of, of skills that you have. And when you come here, you get to work on Acura, which is a premium car brand. And you know this, Mark, because you've been in the industry, but but not everyone might know this, but the um, 
in advertising, having a car is the biggest thing you can have for an agency because the, the budgets for, for, for car brands are crazy big compared to everything else. There are very few things that can compare to maybe some of the big airlines sort of start to approach it, but the cars are, are really special. And even though Acura is obviously not the, the biggest brand in the world, it's, it's still significant. And still to this day where we have a lot of other clients at our agency, we, we were allowed to pitch other clients, um, even though we opened up the office for them. It still takes up a, a huge chunk of, uh, of our of our day-to-day business there. And it is also one of the brands that brings in the talent because it is a very exciting brand. It's not a brand that I knew before coming here because it's a U.S. brand. Uh, so I didn't know Acura before moving to the States. But when I've started to get to know the brand, I've, I understand that it is a brand that means a lot to a lot of people. It was the coolest car in the world in the 80s, uh, the early 90s. We had the Integra, the Legend, the, the first generation NSX back then. There were there were cars that, that, that a lot of people thought were really cool. There were a lot of people's like first really special car. And, and there were cars that, that were within reach for a lot of people. And they had that focus on performance and could really compete with with cars that that felt like much more expensive than that that's a very special sort of legacy to build on then depending on who you are you would say that acura went into many years where their cars were not as exciting as they used to be there were still people who liked them but there were also people who just felt like the the magic had gone away not many really remarkable cars came out, at least in the public's eye over the years. Acura was still a brand that did incredible things with innovation. They were first with a lot of different things. Um, and in fact, to this day, the uh, the MDX, our, our biggest SUV, is the best-selling premium three-row SUV um, in the country and continues to be that. And a lot of people might not think of that, but if you if you actually think about it, that car came out in 2001, I think. One? It was, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was the only uh, three-row premium SUV on the, on the market. No, no one else really entered that market for a long time because I right. guess no one else felt like there was a need for it. Now you have a lot of competition for that. But because we started early, a lot of people have a, have a, uh, have a good relationship with that car. And, and it's a very special car for us. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I think it's fantastic. And uh, I mentioned to Martin before we started the show, my wife and I, one of the first, what we would think of as a fancy car we ever bought was the Acura Legend. Uh, back in the 90s and had that car for nine years. It was a great car, really wonderful car. Enjoyed it. And the new launch that I was uh, privileged to be at with the Type S, now that was a very intimate, unique experience. Uh, I don't know how many people were there. I 100, 150 maybe or something like yeah, that. Tops. Yeah, Yeah, I know uh, several of my past uh, Cars Yeah guests were there. Adam Carolla was there. Other people there that uh, had been on my show before. But that type of a presentation in that environment, and they were doing that all over the peninsula during Car Week. I went to some for Bentley, Rolls-Royce, Lamborghini, of course, Acura. This is a very different thing. It, they've been doing it for a few years, but it's a fairly f- new phenomenon, right? A presenting in a very intimate setting for media. I, I think most of us there were media-related people, um, so that we would then launch that out. And I think the, well, I know the pictures that I had taken were already out of my social media before I left the party that night. Is this something that is new for you or is this working for you guys? What we've come to realize over the years, traditionally you would launch a car at the big auto shows, whether it be in New York, LA, Detroit, but 
there's just a lot of competition for your attention at those places because there are a lot of other brands there. So what what we and obviously other brands have started to do in recent years is identify other cultural opportunities where we can get a bigger share of the attention there because we're doing something special there. Now, obviously, Monterey Car Week is almost like an auto show. It's it's different, of, of course, but there's a lot of competition there. But specifically as a brand, as an example, Acura has been one of the presenting sponsors of the Sundance Film Festival for a long time now. And that has turned out to be uh, really successful for us because even though it's a film festival, us being the automotive sponsor and the presenting sponsor of that thing means that there are a lot of Acuras there in the streets of Park City during uh, that week of, of January when it takes place. Um, and it's the right kind of audience for us. It's, you know, it's a well-educated uh, audience, uh, audience with a bit of money uh, that, that can sort of afford our cars. So, so instead of trying to compete where everyone else is, we try to find these unique opportunities where we can stand out. And that is something that makes Acura, the brand, a perfect fit for Malden Lowe, the agency. Our uh, our agency has um, our logo is, is is an octopus fitted with boxing gloves. I love your logo, yeah. by the way. I think it's, you go to the website, and I'll make sure I put a link to that. Uh, it's us.mullenalow.com, uh, and you'll you'll smile when you see it. It's very clever. And as I've mentioned, we like to uh, give ourselves awards in the uh, in the industry all the time, and we did win an award for the rebranding a couple of years ago, and the logo was part of it. But it is really nice. Yeah. But it's this idea that you have this octopus with many arms representing the many different skill sets that we have at the agency, ready to face any challenger. So what we do is that we call ourselves uh, a challenger agency and Acura is a challenger brand. Acura is up against competition that has significantly bigger marketing budgets than we do. So if we, we can't overload the market with, with advertising, same as some of the others do, you see some of the big competition, uh, have they have these big, incredibly expensive Super Bowl spots that they will do. But when you do a Super Bowl spot, you're up against five or six other car brands that also have a Super Bowl spot. And it's a really, really hard competition to be in. Uh, and it, between, I'm not going to name any numbers, but we're talking millions of dollars to oh. just, just, oh, just to incredible. Pay. Yeah. And then, the, <laughs> then there's the cost of actually making the film where you have to hire, you know, A-list celebrities to, to sort of, or at least sometimes you feel like you have to hire A-list celebrities to stand out from the competition and they don't come cheap. No, I'm sure they don't. We have to find some somewhere else where we can sort of stand out for the competition. So for us uh, as a brand, it's really about sort of being connected with with culture that is relevant to our audience and, and, and to ourselves. The Type S concept car is a really interesting and unique opportunity for us. We uh, presented it at the Monterey Car Week uh, because we've that's you know that's a place with a lot of really special cars, and we felt like we knew a little bit before everyone else what this car was going to look like. And I, I can tell you, at my agency, with a lot of designers, people who really love cars, we were excited about this car because it is a gorgeous looking car. It looks incredible. The lines are so beautiful. It looks fast you know it's a concept car so we can't talk about uh, performance but one thing that that has been shared publicly and actually i don't know more than this but this car is going to be a huge inspiration for some of the um, the actual model launches that we will that we will have there are two cars coming up over the next couple of years that will that will share the the type s design concept so where we've gone through years where our cars weren't really that special anymore our design language has slowly started to become more refined over the last couple of years we replaced the beak 
that had cursed our cars for a long time. It's one of those things that you either love or hate it, and I hated it myself. Fortunately, I joined the agency at a time where we were introducing a replacement for that. Now, not everyone loves the replacement that we've introduced with the Pentagon grill up front, but I think it looks pretty good. Sometimes it can get a little bit big on some of the cars, but the car where it really started to come together was the RDX, which is our uh, smaller SUV. It's just an incredible car. It looks really good. It handles really well. It just has the perfect size. And I was fortunate enough to work on some of the some of the launch work for that car. And it actually felt like, you know what, guys? We have a product that we can be really proud of. We don't have to come out there with jazz hands and tell an amazing story about a product we're not so sure about because this car it really comes together here. It was redesigned from scratch, even though they had a very successful previous generation. But they, some really smart people, uh, John Akeda uh, from Acura, made the decision a long time ago. This is this is the car where we reinvent ourselves, and I I, I really believe that they did it. It's selling like hotcakes. That car, it is it is truly amazing, and it sort of defined uh, the new design language for us. And I think it has reached a climax uh, with the Type S concept that uh, Ben Davidson, the chief designer on it, and his and his team have uh, they've designed that. And it was. I was, as, a, as, as you know, we met at the, at the Monterey Car Week. I was there to, to cover the launch of that car, cover Acura's presence there. But I also was fortunate enough to have some great conversations with, with Ben Davidson there. And I told him, Ben, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for making this incredible car because you have given us material to tell great stories for years to come. We have a product that's going to look incredible. It's going to perform incredible. So we can go out there with the confidence that these are great cars and they're going to get Acura back in everyone's attention. Yeah, I think so. And I'm hoping to have Ben on the show here in the future, uh, which would be fantastic. You can go and check out the looks of this new uh, concept car, the S. It's on their website, Acura.com. Go to my social media pages. I posted some pictures. Beautiful blue car. Fantastic. Martin, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new AVS2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com. To check out the latest products for your ride and when you're ready to check out, enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10% off your order. That's that's Edelbrock, automotive performance since 1938. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? 
I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, we are back, and I have a bit of an introspective question for you, Martin. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, what would you be and why? Uh, the vehicle, does it have to be uh, uh, with wheels? It, it could be how you perceive yourself manifested as a mode of transportation. Let's put it that way. I'm, I'm thinking spaceship. Uh, a spaceship. I, I, yeah. <laughs> You're the that's... first spaceship. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Very unique. I expect that from a creative guy like you. There is something about it. Uh, you mentioned uh, when, when you introduced me that we did this project a couple of years ago where we built an augmented reality helmet. And maybe I can take just a few seconds to explain what that means. Um, so we, we were launching the, the TLX back then, our uh, performance sedan. And we wanted to tell a story about uh, how this car, which is equipped with, with accurate uh, super handling all-wheel drive, is a capable performer no matter the conditions. And what the way we told that story was that we took a, um, a group of, uh, of, of celebrities and put them behind of the wheel of the car. But then we put a helmet over their head that replaced everything that they saw in front of them with three different, very unique environments. So first they drove through a, a jungle with a lost civilization that had built temples there. Wow. Um, then they drove, drove around uh, either the North Pole or the Antarctica. I can't really remember, but they were definitely, they was def- they were definitely driving on ice. And then finally they drove on, uh, on an active volcano. And oh all of gosh. that was made, made possible through, through technology. So they could still, it doesn't completely replace the vision. They could still see their hands and the steering wheel and, and they were actually driving the car there. But everything outside the window was replaced with these worlds. So that's something I dream about. That technology can someday take us to different worlds. Whether that's, you know, space is, is sort of the obvious place to go. If I was 20 years younger, I would uh, I would want to be one of the first Mars astronauts. An astronaut. Yeah, there you go. Well, better than that guy that uh, Tesla put in that car they launched out into outer space. <laughs> he's lost in space somewhere right now, but he's still out there playing rock man, I'm sure. Well, we are entering the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give us some quick rocket booster throttle blips uh, for the answers here. So since you're my first rocket man here, what's the best automotive advice you've ever received? It felt like good advice at the time. Uh, as I said, I bought a certified pre-owned car. When I sort of crunched the numbers, that felt like really good rational advice to do that. But it turns out to, for me specifically, maybe not be the, the, the best advice because I am, when there's something wrong with the car, whatever it is, when there's a weird sound, I have no clue what to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what, our, that's what our mechanics are for. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and that, that certified pre-owned warranty runs out before you're ready to let go of the car. So, so even yeah. though it's probably good advice for a lot of people, it wasn't the best advice for me. It felt, it felt like very rational advice. Yep. But probably wasn't. So, yeah, that's my bad answer to that question. <laughs> Caveat emptor, buyer beware. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? It is to never repeat a success. Ah, 
when you've had a success, leave it behind you because otherwise you would be you will get typecast as the guy who has, who as the one trick pony basically. And also, it's no fun to re- uh, to repeat a success because you already know how to do that. Yeah. So what I've what I've done is in my career is that I constantly challenge myself to come up with something new, something creative, something original. So never repeat a success. Leave it behind you. Use it to to brag. Use it to get into the United States when you need a visa, but <laughs> yeah. don't repeat it. I have a gold medal right here. Let me in. <laughs> well, we're glad you're here. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, Accurate.com is 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 obviously a good way to go. You know what? I would I would recommend instead. I would recommend checking out Accurate's uh, Instagram channel oh, uh, because okay. that is that is where we uh, where I think we are doing a lot of our best work uh, lately. Because we you know there is it's social media, so we we have to produce a lot of content, but we also get a chance to to tell some really original stories. Acura also has the NSX, uh, obviously, which is an incredible car. And for Monterey Car, we 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 got to drive two of the NSX. Texas from Los Angeles to Monterey and document our journey there uh, with a setup of different cameras and rigs and drones and stuff like that. And I, I think we told a really beautiful story about that in, uh, that incredible car there. So I definitely recommend uh, people check out Acura's uh, Instagram channel. The other channel that that I personally use for inspiration and it's sort of taken over everything else and it's not that original anymore, it's Reddit. Ah, Reddit yeah. is, is just an incredible source. No matter what you're interested in, there's going to be a community for you there. It also has some of the, the bad parts of the internet there. It's, it's, it's a rough neighborhood, so to speak. There's some original thinking, some great, great ideas. There's comedy, there's humor, and there's just people out there looking for cool stuff, and they just want to share it with you. So Reddit is a great place to find inspiration. Yeah, my son it keeps pointing me in that direction, too. I need to pay more attention to that. <laughs> now, if I could wave my magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Uh, that's a good question. Um, Elon Musk continues to 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 fascinate me. I, I watched him speak at, at South by Southwest uh, in 2012, 2013. He was already starting to, to become famous there, but he hadn't like blown up in the public eye. And I think he's made a lot of really bad decisions over the last couple of years. But I also think he is an incredible visionary. And uh, it's, it's someone whose, whose brain I'd, I'd like to pick on a, on a one-on-one over a drink to just, to just find out uh, what's next for him and to actually find out how close we are uh, to getting to Mars. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I would love to have him on the show. He's got a lot of walls around him. Maybe I'll get to him one of these days, but I really admire what he's done in so many respects. And just a forward visionary who isn't afraid to stumble and fall and make decisions that maybe aren't the best. Uh, but that's how you get to the levels that an Elon Musk is at. So uh, kind of reminds me a bit of a Steve Jobs in that respect of just taking chances and doing things that are so far out there that my mere mortal mind can't even conceive of it. So there you go. How about a book? Is there a book you've read you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, the one that comes to mind is the book that I'm uh, reading right now. Uh, I think I've already <laughs> let it know that I'm fascinated by space. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I do read a, a lot of science fiction. Um, and a uh, an author that I've discovered recently, his name is John Scalzi. Um, and right, I've read a couple of books in a, in a trilogy that he's writing the last book in the trilogy unfortunately is not out yet he's working on that so i i went back to the to his first book uh, it's a book called old man's war the concept in that in that book is that uh when you are 65 years old you sign up for the army uh, which oh. is unusual compared to to today uh, but yeah 
But the reason you sign up at age 65 is that when you're 75 years old, you are transported off the planet to join the army. And there are rumors about exactly what happens, but the rumor is that they make you young again. Uh, and when you're 75 years old, same as, you know, in present day, uh, you are definitely at, at the end of your life. And some people have lost the, the main character, lost his wife a couple of years ago. So you're sort of like ready to do something different. And the thrill of being allowed to be young again is, is just too much uh, to for, for a lot of people. So they basically decide to do that. I'm only uh, a third of the way into it, but but it's it's fascinating. I'm not a, I'm not old myself. I'm 41 this Saturday. But you know, you start to think about what what is uh, what is retirement going to look like for me? What is old life going to look like for me? So suddenly this idea that you you could restart your life at age 75 even if it meant leaving the planet and joining the army is just wow. it's just a wonderful concept to think about. So yeah. I definitely recommend that. John Scalzi, Old Man's War. Interesting, interesting. I'll have to, uh, I'll have to look that up. I'll make sure I put a link to that on Martin's show notes page. You can find everything he shared today on the Cars Yeah website. Just go there and type in Martin. I'll pronounce, or I'll spell his middle name. I'm not going to pronounce it that well. Pay, P-A-G-H, Ludvigsen, just as it sounds. And you'll find him there. Just type Martin in and his page will pop right up. All right, Martin, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question could be a bit of a doozy. Since you're living down there in Southern California now, uh, you need a car. I'm going to buy you any very cool collector car on the planet. Doesn't matter what it is, whatever you want. I'm going to park it in your garage today, but there are some rules that make this game a little bit of a challenge. You have to drive it. It's the only collector car you can have in your garage. You can keep your daily driver, that convertible BMW, and you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with or pre-finance your child's college education. So that little trick is off the table. So what can I buy you? F40. Oh, we're in Ferrari land here. Okay, well, that makes sense, yeah. That is the car that when it came out and I was a kid, you know, the Countach was out uh, and I thought that looked a little weird, but the F40, oh my God, that car just looked incredible. I've also, I've heard it once um, when I was in Italy, but that, that car is just, it just brings up, it's the child in me that just wants to to one day own that car i, I, I probably wouldn't be able to drive it i don't know well i i, I could probably oh sure out. you could yeah <laughs> you know i i got to drive one and the way i would describe it very analogish compared to cars nowadays it's basically a race car with a streetcar body on the top i mean it's it's scary fast but it's let me put it this way when i drove it the experience I had was when I first took off, I went, oh, this is kind of cool. And then as I got going and put my foot into it, it turned into a monster oh, beast. I, I mean, just is like, oh, my goodness. Be careful. This is not your multi-million dollar car, Mark. Uh, yeah, F40, a special place in my heart. Lots of teenage boys had posters of that car on their wall. Uh, Me too. Most definitely. Yeah. What color would you like yours to be? Oh, that's not... <laughs> Red, of course. <laughs> Rosso red. Okay, okay, that's okay. I will yeah. say there's something that it's it really what appeals to me is the design of that car because it it, it it's got it's definitely the ultimate 80s car to me. Like the the aesthetic it came out at the end, and it feels like this was a car that was designed before wind tunnels and computer algorithms uh, had too much to say about the way a, a car should look. Obviously, safety is also important today. But to me, I, and I know this is interesting because I said I'd love to meet Elon Musk's. I hate the way Teslas look. They they look completely generic to me. They look like yeah, no human of, was involved in designing yeah, them, that they were designed vanilla. by... 
Yeah. yeah, they look like they were designed by a computer in a wind tunnel. There's nothing that, to make them stand out. And the F40 is on the exact opposite end of the gamut, where this feels like this is a car. Uh, it was Enzo's last design, I think, right? So, um, well, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Pininfarina obviously designed that car, but the guys behind it, uh, let me think here, Leonardo of Fioravanti, I'm saying butchering his name, Fioravanti, and uh, Pietro Camadello, Camadello, mm-hmm. Camadello, I guess Dello would be Italian, but Pininfarina design house that car came out of. And, uh, ah, oh, F40, nice choice, my friend. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Well, Martin, you've taken me on an awesome ride today. This has been really fun. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the coast highway in that Ferrari F40? Oh, absolutely. Well, stop worrying so much. I think uh, I think life is pretty good for 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 the vast majority of people. Uh, we might not, you know, if you if you look at the news these days, you might think that the the world is headed in an awful direction and. On climate, it might be, but on everything else, life for the vast majority of us is better than it's ever been at any point in history. So we should stop worrying so much and actually work together and enjoy that that we are alive on the most exciting time in human history. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, stop worrying so much because, uh, you know, one way to do that is just stop watching the news. Uh, <laughs> you could because, do that. Yeah. You know, they just make you miserable. Um Get out there and enjoy a car. Select a car that you feel is part of you and your heart because life is short and then get out and drive it and enjoy it. And if it's not something that excites you, get rid of it. Go buy an Acura or something else, whatever <laughs> whatever you love. All right. What's the best way for our listeners to keep in touch with you there at Mullen Low? You can find me on on uh, various social media channels, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Martin Pay, M-A-R-T-I-N-P-A-G-H is my handle on Instagram and Twitter. Okay, great. I'll make sure I put links to those on Martin's show notes page. Check out the new Acura S-Type concept car. Check out the line of cars that Acura has. Check out us.mullenlowe.com, this fantastic agency that's handling uh, these new Acura cars today. Martin, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on Mav TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find Mav TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!